0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Proverbs podcast. My name is Amy, and I'm here with Pastor David. Hello, everybody. Uh, We are doing this podcast to um, encourage everyone to consider and chew on the words of Scripture and apply those words to your lives. Uh, So we're going to be here today and talk about Proverbs chapter 13. I'll read it for us, and then we'll have a little discussion. It goes like this. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. From the fruit of their lips people enjoy good things, but the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. One person pretends to be rich yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. A person's riches may ransom their life, but the poor cannot respond to threatening rebukes. The light of the, the, light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money, little by little makes it grow. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction." All who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but fools detest turning from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Trouble pursues the sinner, But the righteous are rewarded with good things. A person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. But a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. An unplowed field produces food for the poor, but injustice sweeps it away. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. The righteous eat to their heart's content, but the stomach of the wicked grows hungry. So we got a lot there, a lot about money in this one. And I will talk about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there were a couple of them about the money that really stood out to me. One is uh, one person pretends to be rich yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. I've seen both of those things, and it's really fascinating how both of them can really be shocking. I, I know that I've seen a lot of people... Who drive fancy cars and have fancy houses, but are in just crippling debt, and then people who seem so humble and have you know just regular ratty old clothes and a normal old car have uh, a lot of money that no one would even know was there.
1: Right, and if you pair that with the verse that says you know a hope deferred brings heartache, um, I think some people uh, you, you can be frugal, which is good. It's obviously a, a good to be frugal, um, but there's a place where where you're too frugal where God gives you money and he, um, is not grieved by you enjoying it by spending it, um, to make uh, your life better or more enjoyable. Um, but it goes to, you know, how, so the first one that I, um, wrote down was in verse four. It says a sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. And I think it ties in. Yeah. You know, it's, a sluggard's appetite is never filled. Somebody who doesn't work for their money, who just wants wants, and wants and wants and isn't willing to work for it, um, once they get the thing that they wanted, they're just going to start wanting another thing. They're just going to start wanting the next big thing. But somebody who's worked diligently to earn the thing that they have are going to appreciate it. And they're not going to just move on to wanting the next thing. They're going to take time to appreciate the thing that they that they got. I'd rather... I'd rather see somebody have something that they work really hard for and enjoying than to see just, you know, collecting and collecting and collecting stuff that's never going to make you happy.
0: Okay? Yeah, yeah. I see in verse 8, too, it talks about the a person's rich, riches may ransom their life, but the poor can't respond to threatening rebukes. And I think it's the same kind of thing. If we waste our money on things that don't really matter, then we don't have it whenever things are really important and we need it.
1: Right. And it's a kind of picture on how the Proverbs at least look at wealth and that, you know, there are things that talks about that wealthy people do that are bad. And there are things that, that um, getting wealth through dishonesty and injustice is, is, is definitely talked badly about. But the idea of having uh, a, a financial blessing isn't something that God is down on. It's not the... It's not, not a bad thing to have money. In fact, the Bible affirms that it's good to have money, that money can help you in a lot of situations. It's what we do with that money and how we get that money that the Bible has so much to say say about.
0: Yeah, I don't think that we're promised to be wealthy if we follow God's instruction necessarily. Like, as, the proverb, as we have certainly talked about with the Proverbs, they're not promises that are guaranteed to come true. It's just a general... Uh, kind of principles, not promises. Right. And so, uh, um, God doesn't promise us that we will be wealthy and, uh, have all the money that we need, but, or want, but at the same time, um, when we do have blessings of wealth, we should use them wisely.
1: Okay. And then we couldn't get out of this proverb without talking about this one at the end. Amy, would you say that you hate your children?
0: I do not hate my children. I love them very much. So you
1: beat them every night. (laughs)
0: No, not so much. Um, Yeah, so I think that this proverb has been used a lot to uh, kind of um, defend the idea of abusing children and that that's not appropriate. That's
1: Proverbs 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children... Is careful to discipline them.
0: Yeah, discipline definitely is very important, but uh, I think that we've learned a lot about psychology since this proverb was written, and that, um, you know, beating them with sticks is probably not the best way to discipline them.
1: I would say that uh, different situations and different cultures have different ideas about how to raise kids, yeah. and so we gotta be careful about um, judging cultures by all of our standards. Um, but I would say that the takeaway for this proverb is the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And I think that that discipline can come in a a variety of forms. Um, But whatever form you choose, you're going to be careful about it. You're careful to do it when it's required. Uh, The the worst thing to do is to ignore our kids' sin nature, to ignore the negative qualities that exist in every human being. And our kids are certainly human beings. Um, and so we have to be careful to make sure that we're applying discipline, but we also have to be careful about the kind of discipline that we apply. You know, so many, so many times, um, people will discipline their children hastily and from a bad place because when children behave badly, it makes us as parents angry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There have been some times that I've had to take a minute before having to uh, deal with the discipline of my kids. Uh, I think another thing to point out with that verse, though, is how a lot of times it can feel unloving to discipline our kids. It hurts their feelings and makes them sad whenever they have to uh, address the problems and sins in their lives. And so even though it's a loving act to discipline them, it, is, it hurts a parent's heart a lot of times to have to rebuke your children and point out their sins and flaws.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about how we take correction. Well, how we take correction can be trained from a young age. You know, we can train our kids to be good at hearing correction. And the way we do that is by offering correction as love and not as anger or malice or trying to hurt them because they hurt us. You know, your your kid behaves. Let's say your kid's in the store and they're just melting down. They're just throwing a fit. They're, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this, why don't you get this for me? And there's an embarrassment there for a parent. You know, it's embarrassing to watch your kid, you know, behave badly. And and it's on us to correct that behavior and and deal with it. Um, But that requires, if we're going to do it carefully, as this verse would have us do, to put down our pride and our ego and do what Jesus did. You know, Jesus put down his pride and ego and he uh, died for us. Now, as we as parents, we had to put down our pride and ego. And we had to die to all of that in order to be healthy for our children, yeah. and and so you know the people in the grocery store you probably don't know unless you live in a really small town you probably <laughs> yeah. don't know them you you probably rarely see them again and once they leave that grocery store they're not thinking about you ever again but your relationship with your kid is forever is forever at least until you know one of you dies and so uh, so so the idea that we would. You know, it hurt our feelings to discipline our kids, or hurt our feelings not to discipline our kids. That has to be not the factor. The factor has to be God created this child to be somebody. God created this child to to have certain characteristics, to have fruits of a certain kind. And if we're gonna if we're going to raise that kid in the way they should go, if we're gonna uh, make that tree grow the way it's supposed to, it's going to take pruning off parts that aren't aren't healthy, and fertilizing and encouraging parts that are healthy and that's all discipline so discipline on both sides it's discipline to encouraging your kids good behavior and it's discipline to discouraging your kids bad behavior yeah absolutely and so uh when it talks about whoever spares the rod hates their children i want to encourage you that part of that is cultural that uh, they didn't they didn't have the idea of grounding back then and back then also everything would kill you yeah you know if you ran away from home you'd probably get eaten by a lion and so Uh, We live in a safer world where much less is urgent than it used to be. Um, And so if you're a parent who chooses the rod to discipline your kids, I want to encourage you to, it it needs to be thoughtful and prayerful and considered um, because we don't want to use this verse as an excuse to uh, abuse our children and to damage them. Um, But there are other ways. There are other things. And I would encourage you, um, uh, there's some really good books on it. On disciplining your kid. like Parenting
0: with love and logic.
1: Parenting with love and logic is one that Amy and I have really enjoyed for talking about natural consequences and helping your kids understand that their actions have consequences. Logical consequences.
0: And that ties right in with verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. And so that that, uh, book talks a lot about uh, kind of gaining your kids trust that your instruction and your advice is stuff that will help them and not out to get them
1: that's right so if a wise son heeds his father's instructions a wise father gives his son instructions in a way that makes it easy to heed yeah it makes follows in a way that's predictable and understandable and isn't based on anger and reaction and um the the momentary feelings that we have you know parenting is hard yeah parenting is All hard way There's nothing easy about raising a kid, uh, but there's a lot of joy in it. And so I want to encourage you as you raise your kids to uh, focus on those joys as you go through those hard moments. And when it comes to disciplining, whatever you do, we want to encourage you to read the word, to consider what it means to love your kid all the way, and to be on their side um, as you're a team that are going to help them grow to adulthood in a mature and disciplined way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So important. Big... Uh, calling to, to be a parent and try to raise human beings into normal human beings. To raise them to be actual human beings. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Instead of, you know, uh, awful, awful, awful people. Yeah. Well, that's what we have for you today, guys. That's a, that's a heavy one to end on, but there's a lot here. If you're, uh, not a parent or you are a parent who's already graduated all their kids to full adulthood, and there's plenty of other things to study. I would encourage you today to read Proverbs 13, that this, this book has a lot of wisdom. And this chapter has something for you today. Uh, it's a money-back guarantee, okay? And so uh, with that said, I'm going to say uh, thanks for joining us today. And I hope to see you back here tomorrow for Proverbs chapter 14.
0: Okay, see you later.